0: For this one I wanna assign ourselves ability scores as if we were D and D characters.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So like obviously Jake has
1: the an eighteen strength. Oh, oh whoa, whoa. <laughs> I did in high school. I did in high school. I'd say a, a thirteen. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> hey, that's above average. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I would agree this with is that. 13, okay. This is a this is a common misconception that like twenty is great and ten is trash. Ten is average. Like, no. 10 is average. So, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm above average on much of these.
0: (laughs) No, I'm probably, like, just 10s and 11s on all of them. Um, I think I'm going to have 13 wisdom. Oh. People, like, because, I mean, think, the evidence is here. My favorite class is cleric. People are always telling me I need to write a book. Uh, I wrote a book called I Am Wise. No, that last one's not true. Oh, well, I was yeah. like <laughs> Patreon exclusive. <laughs> I am wise. Um, I think probably wisdom, charisma, which means that if I'm going to be a class, I'm either a bard or a or a cleric
1: or a cleric. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm I'm going to go through mine. Here's what I think <clears throat> mine are: strength, thirteen, dexterity, six, const, <laughs> <laughs> Constitution, eighteen. I don't know. Here's the thing, because I've got You get sick a lot. I've got um, a good stomach and I like I can drink people under the table, but I get sick all the time. So like what does that make Maybe
2: you have just like a special drinking racial advantage versus drinking. Yeah, you have a feat for drinking. (laughs) But everything else, your constitution.
1: Like nine. Intelligence, ten. Maybe eleven. Okay. Wisdom, probably nine. Uh, charisma uh, 12. No,
0: no, no. Charisma for Jake is definitely like way above average. 16. At least 16. You're a plus two, if not not a plus three. You flatter
1: me. You flatter me. No, it's the only thing you're good at. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Drinking and charming. I'll take it. (laughs) All right, who's
2: next? Oh, David. So, strength. I want to say like a 14. Oh. Mm, Yeah, probably so. Probably like a 14. Dexterity, eight. (laughs) <laughs> below average but it's not too bad what constitution next i want to say 10 i'm i'm just kind of right in the middle i don't get yeah. sick too much but i also have allergies so that's like <laughs> that keeps me down
1: <laughs>
2: then we have intelligence right
1: zero yeah zero. Just a zero.
2: Oh, it's <laughs> um i don't know like 11 or 12 oh so humble so humble Wisdom, oh, I feel like I'm an aid in wisdom. Really, I don't think I'm that like particularly wise. Yeah, well,
1: I think you keep me and David alive. Oh like no, like if me and David were just going through the streets, yeah, I think we we'd end up
0: it through the streets. Um, okay, finish your charisma, and then I have
2: some. And I think I think my chris, charisma is a bit a bit higher than. So it's like I a, thought
1: you. Were, I thought you were going to shorten it to yeah. My charisma. <laughs> my
2: charisma <laughs> is. Uh, I want to say like a 13.
1: Oh. A solid 13. All right. That's oh, I'd th- say at least, no, like a five. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, more like a two. <laughs> I think, I didn't really
0: assign scores for myself. So very quickly, I'm just going to explain that when I was building my character, it was like point by, and you can subtract points from stuff. So mm. I took strength, dexterity, constitution, all the way down, and put all the rest of the points into intelligence, wisdom, charisma, <laughs> just just for the bonuses.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh, okay. you're like in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. like so I'm, freaking, I'm Professor like Brian Xavier. Brian the Broken.
2: Brian the Broken. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. No. By the time this That's
0: comes out, spoiler. it's going to be like four weeks from now, if not yeah. more.
1: So, f that show anyway.
0: Yeah. Whoa. Who cares, <laughs> Who cares about it? All right, uh, so my point was that uh, I think with our spread of scores, we're a pretty balanced party. Like yeah, Jake yeah. Jake is definitely like the f- party face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave is oh. a tactical mastermind. And then I'm just the support guy who's the like heart. throwing heels. The heart. The heart. Meals on wheels. Meals on <laughs> wheels. Meals
1: on wheels and heels. <laughs> 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 no, like I love that uh TV tropes trope. It's uh it's called What Kind of Power is Heart? <laughs> from Captain Planet. Oh yeah. We <laughs> want to Heart Go play. By your powers combined, What are ability scores? Ability scores um, are the ways of like tracking um, your stats um, in D anD D or in in all role playing games. Like your ability scores kind of determine what kind of character you are. Like, are you um, the persuader, mastermind that's always trying to negotiate and talk their way out of things? Are you this? huge tough strong bruiser that just wants to smash people um or are you like this quick nimble thing are you intelligent like all of um the archetypes are kind of stored within these these ability scores um which are kind of a shorthand for just describing the attributes for a character i don't know much of the history but um yeah i i, I find them incredibly useful um in kind of a shorthand to just be like, oh, that's a low-end character. Oh, that's that's a high-constitution character. You know, because it's like an, an easy shorthand to define characteristics of uh, characters.
0: Yeah, it is, a um, like you say, a shorthand, and I think that's really helpful. So you mentioned a bit about the history of the ability scores, and actually, uh, without doing any research, I'm kind of curious how we wound up with this particular array of six stats, because there's other games that have very different breakdowns for your abilities
1: yeah yeah i i this is something that's really intriguing for me because obviously with with each of the ability scores um and there doesn't even have to be six that's not like a holy number or anything um in fact it's maybe an unholy number six (laughs) six six (laughs) um but uh there's all sorts of different overlaps right like where does strength end and constitution begin you know like there's kind of overlap especially with like wisdom and intelligence um Hmm. And I think that the the ones they picked are very um, purposeful um, in how kind of they want their game design in 5e. I do have one little historical thing that's kind of a a side as short, though. Absolutely. Um, I
0: learned that in an Unearthed Arcana article in Dragon Magazine some time ago, they tried to add a seventh stat called comeliness. Comeliness? No way. You're lying. Uh, what? Yeah, this is official, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Uh, it was just your physical attractiveness.
1: That is crazy. So, because <laughs> I, I consider charisma ba- like physical attractiveness, kind of yeah,
0: like tied in. What? That's I. If, I guess what? if if you were gonna split something, you could do because um, charisma really is about your physical presence and your ability to kind of interact with
2: people in a positive way and your physical presence has to do with your physical appearance not always like i mean not no, always
1: but i mean it's harder to interact with a deformed hunchback than it is to a charismatic to deformed <laughs> hunchback yeah i don't uh, that doesn't talking.
0: make
2: sense like you would have to have some sort of stature well, to you
0: well i, I mean it's it, it does make a kind of sense but i feel like for the purposes of a dnd game like there's very little reason to separate those two things if i was going to separate something out um the game, Dungeon Crawl Classics, combines charisma and wisdom into one stat, and then they have What's a... What's that stat called? Uh, they call it... Charismum. Charisma. Okay. Wisdisma. <laughs>
1: charisma. Okay. I've about had it, folks.
0: <laughs> um, I think they call it, um, personality. Okay. And then, um, then they have luck is the sixth stat.
2: Uh. I think luck would be a good seventh stat. Yeah, actually. It's- luck
1: is interesting... Yeah, because, like, it really is super OP when you look at games that have that as a skill. Like, um, I think the Fallout games, various uh, RPGs have it as a skill. And it, like, yeah, it just gives you more drop percentage chance and, like, better all around. Like, yeah, it's super OP. It's almost like a Fate skill where it's, like... Yeah, uh, which seems strange, right? Like, when you compare it to, like, I'm strong, it's like, I'm lucky. It's just (laughs) sometimes it's better to be lucky honestly yeah i mean <laughs> well you go to vegas yeah. the best skill to
2: have luck mm. yeah
1: but that's not how the world i guess yeah i, <laughs> I don't want to compare vegas to a game where literal gods exist
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh doesn't your D world have a vegas uh simulacrum
1: jake oh yeah Waterdeep is basically my uh vegas by the sea a deep vegas
0: sure. deep sea oh, vegas yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I have a few more things to add about the history of ability scores. Oh, yeah. Um, so in the old games, they have this kind of character discovery uh, where you would roll all your dice, and you can still do this in 5e if you choose, and uh, David, I think, will explain why you shouldn't do that, but uh, <laughs> anyway, you, you roll 3d6, uh, and there's various different ways you can do this. 3d6, or you do 4d6, drop the lowest, you roll it a number of times, you tally the total, and you have your your abilities randomly generated. And in this old game... In the very earliest version of D&D, the modifier sliders were very different. So there's really only a plus one, of zero, and a minus one. Um, and the, from what I've understood, it's that some characters are just slightly above average in certain areas. But in general everybody's pretty much the same. Like you're just a plus zero. Which yeah. sounds less interesting for kind of the min maxi gamey or even not even min maxi. Like just for, for gaming, it it's mm-hmm. just fewer knobs to t- turn. Um yeah. but as the game continued to develop, they they shortened the gap, which is basically um what is it, every even number goes up by a step modifier yeah. step.
2: So there's more Like, you can go up to plus five now, because it it was plus one, then it went to plus Plus, three. Yeah.
0: And and now it's plus five. five. But by changing that, they made it so it's really not in your interest to roll stats, because before, it had very little bearing on your actual effectiveness as a
1: character. Yeah. Which is interesting. But now... I think this is... Oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, but now it's really defining of what your character can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And if you roll badly for his stats, then you are just stuck in this terrible character who just has either tends to everything where they literally do nothing well at all and they have no uniqueness or strengths or you have a character who's super powerful in everything where i've seen several characters have they've had like two eighteens that they oh rolled, yeah and that's just super powerful to have a yeah. character with 18 at two eighteens at level one
1: yeah i think we'll definitely talk about ways of uh of generating stats later on. But I think in general, the move from like... Because when you look, if you're rolling a d20 and the only difference is like a plus one or a minus one, that's like each one you add is just a 5% Mm -hmm. chance. So it's like, it's kind of crazy to think like, I want to be the best archer ever. And like, if you're the best archer ever and like you pull back your longbow, you have a 5% chance better than like an average person picking up a longbow. Like it's like that... It it doesn't make that much sense with the fantasy genre. And I like that they've moved towards – maybe it's been a little crazy with, like, earlier editions or Pathfinder where you can kind of mid-max the fun out of the game. But Mm -hmm. I like the spread of, like, oh, I'm really good at this thing. And, like, it gives me a good chance of succeeding. Whereas someone else, you know, if they pick up a javelin, they're like, crap, I'm not proficient in javelins. Like, I, I shouldn't throw this. Um, Which is, I like that, the the specialization of of what the the, uh, attributes and ability scores bring to the game. Mm -hmm. Well, in
2: the past, it was more of a simulation-based game, and now it's more of a heroic fantasy where you're, like, a superhero who's Mm -hmm. an expert just, like, standing out, like, to the max like a movie, whereas... In the past, it was more of everybody was kind of just like soldiers, and they were all about the same. And some people were, yeah, Yeah, some people were were only, you know, 5% better than other people. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're in a battle, some soldiers are going to be slightly more accurate than others. They're all going to be about the same.
0: I I think, and I'm not sure... Um, but I think that modifier, that plus one, was rolled on a D6 instead of a D20. Ah, uh, see, that makes that more would make sense. a lot because that's a huge a big thing. boost. Yeah, because there was a lot of abilities that um, actually were not a- affected by your stats at all in the old game. It was all based on your class, and it was always rolled on a D6. Um, you know, chance.
2: So that makes, yeah,
1: it, it just, that's equivalent cool of what, like a plus three, It's like a 16% in,
2: increase. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's a plus three. It's yeah, so, better than a poster. Yeah. So yeah. So
0: it's just interesting. Uh, and then my last comment was about character discovery and I'm just a big fan of setting somebody down at the table for the first time and having them roll some dice. And then they are assigning numbers. They don't, maybe they don't understand what that means yet. Um, and a character is kind of born out of this, this feeling. And yeah. I think the closest thing Jake that you guys have was at your bachelor party with GCC. Uh, yes, and you guys just created this army of weird people, weak, weird, weak, <laughs> incredibly people. weak people. Um, but there was a, there was a kind of thrill in that. I think.
1: Oh, for, I, especially for people that like improv, like. Mm-hmm. There, There's a certain type of person that loves to be, like, told, like, okay, you're now uh, a giraffe person uh, that only wields shields. I'm like, yes, th- that sounds hilarious and <laughs> awesome. Like, let's go. Um, and there's a- another type of person um, that's like, uh, what? That? How am I supposed to attack if I only wield shields? And couldn't my throat be easily slit if it's as tall as a giraffe's? <laughs> you know, like, there's, there's different type of people that enjoy the different types of uh, – ability score generations.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So um okay, so now uh we, we've talked a little bit about the definition and the history of ability scores, but let's dig into the six from 5e. Um and we'll talk about some other ones later, but let's let's dig into the core six ability scores and just talk about our thoughts uh about each of them. Uh just defining them. Uh think about like examples of higher low um type of characters of that stat, um, or then some maybe creative uses of that stat. So we will start with the first one, uh, not in alphabetical order, but just kind of the order of how it's always been, uh, strength. So what do you guys think of the strength score, and how would you define it? Hmm.
0: Well, according to the player's handbook, Jake, strength is a measure of natural athleticism and bodily power. Interesting. I I think that's a fair assessment of what strength is for because this is purely physical
1: um yeah there, there's a lot of overlap that i've um so i think i don't I, i'm sure this is on purpose but the first three stats strength dexterity constitution seem to be the physical mm-hmm. they're, they're the physical stats and the second uh half uh the last three are intelligence wisdom and charisma which are the more in uh how would you do, emotional or like uh, I, um non-physical like, we'd say yeah like mental Mental, yeah, yeah, more mental, um, personality type of stats, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, this is where I, th- I think there is quite a bit of overlap between strength decks and con. Um, and so I, I want to lean into like what makes strength strength. Um, and I think it is kind of this like, um, animalistic, brutish, it's just power, size. Power. power, yeah. Like... So, when
2: I think of strength, I, th- I think of power and your ability to overcome things using your inherent power within you so you can you muscle through things you you use you lift things that are heavy you push things that are big you can you do all that kind of stuff where you're you're manipulating other things that are larger than yourself and that is really strength whereas dexterity is kind of the opposite of that it's kind of using your speed to navigate around things and using that to your advantage where you can quickly duck in and out of a situation you can quickly maneuver with your body and you just have more masterful control of your uh, body and what you can do with it
0: and maybe that's uh, there's a kind of a, a barbarian feeling if you think of a pure strength character with low everything else if you think that they can solve yeah. solutions by just hitting stuff really hard. And if you imagine, if you've seen the strongman competitions, they have these huge guys like lifting. Uh, oh, the mountain. The mountain. Yeah, the biggest yes. weights that you know, that a person can lift. Um, they, they don't even have to try to kill you to kill you. And they don't—they don't yeah. they necessarily need to be accurate with their blows. Like they're not going for an eyeball; they just have to hit a part of your body. Yeah, and you will go down. And they have You're such force. Yeah, like they'll—they'll they'll shatter they yeah. so much of you just
1: with hitting you anywhere. And, yeah, and that's the power of strength. So, so let's look at in the terms of of D anD D five e. What does a character that has eighteen strength uh, and just tens everything else, average everything else? What What does that character look like?
0: Well, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, and that is that the D&D stats, um, and maybe this is a little less true in 5e, they measure the maximum and minimum potential of a, of a human being, or, or let, let's just say human in this case, because the, there's other races, obviously. Um, hmm. and, and the strongest person would be an 18. Yeah. Like the strongest human being you've ever seen in your life.
2: I you mean, 20. But can you get to 20? Yeah, you can get
1: to 20. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 20 is the, the max you can get to without uh, magic
0: items. Oh, but you can start with 18 is what I'm thinking of. Yes, yeah. Hmm. And so you're saying, what would that look like? And they're just average and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're not dumb. Like, a 10 intelligence is not a stupid person. No. It, it mm-hmm. just is an average person. I mean, I think this is a totally playable character. Because in the, the D&D system, it's um, totally functional. Because you don't need other things yeah. if you're just strong enough to kill stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. and you use yeah your strength to just... Plow through other enemies mm. by just beating them down with your yeah muscles, and
1: it, it would lean into barbarian fighter or maybe paladin, um, and yeah, I just like this. This is kind of go, goes into the the fantasy, um, especially kind of the male fantasy of like this this brutish, huge <laughs> muscle bound, you know. Gods, so, I was strong. Ben. Gods, <laughs> I was. <laughs> That just 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 at me, this dumb highborn lad
0: thinking he could end the rebellion with a single swing of his sword I knocked him down with the hammer God so strong then caved in his breastplate
1: uh, but just this is like huge muscle bound powerful character that can kind of exert their physical will onto whatever the challenge uh, is put in front of them um, and this oftentimes, uh, is, it coincides with kind of the dumb barbarian thing where it's like, okay, when you're, uh, when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail mm-hmm. sort of thing where it's like, okay, when you're that strong, why wouldn't you solve any problem with just exerting physical force on the problem? And the interesting
0: thing is, um, this is a sort of a game design aside. If all of your problems in D and D can be solved by hitting it really hard, um, you need to just challenge your players in different ways. Yeah. Because there's plenty of uh, of times in history that you can look at when it didn't matter how strong a person was because they get arrested uh, or they get, you know, imprisoned. Yeah,
1: Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I would rank strength in regards to just, like, 5e in general as, like, a middling tier uh, ability score. Ooh. Like, it's, it's solid for the people that need it, um, but it doesn't have kind of wide applications outside of it. Like it's really good for damage and like people who hit hard that it's just required for that. Um yeah. but what what is this what are the uh ability or the uh attributes uh that it governs? It only it athletics. only affects athletics, right? That's it.
0: Hmm. That's that's kinda rough.
1: Um, so I see what you're saying, Jake. It's uh, incredibly powerful, but also very narrow in its uh, functionality. Well, I, I think it's it's really important for combat, but it is it, its uses outside of combat become narrowed. And I think that's why going back to whole like if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. This a strong character, or even a party. If you have a party of strong people, just high strength scores, there's gonna be more combat encounters. Because they're going to just lean into combat when they need to because the only other attribute that strength kind of goes over is athletics, Um, which is really interesting. Um, And so I think strength is this kind of inherent lean into combat type of skill.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: But you can – you just have to be resourceful with your athletics
2: ability because – Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you think of the world of D and D, athletics is really important because it's gonna aid you in combat, which is kind of the whole ecosystem of the society is built around being able to murder people, essentially. <laughs> For uh, like, if yeah. you want to look at how D and D functions as a game, like combat is is a big centerpiece and a valid And everything solution. else is kind of
1: yeah. just off yeah, off around it. Hmm. It's rewarded. So, so so yeah, yes. I'd, I'd still rank strength kind of middle middling tier, but yes. I guess mm-hmm. that leads us to dexterity, which, uh, is, which is the most powerful yeah. skill. Easily. One of the most important Ooh. skills. Uh, it's in the D&D. most
0: important skill. In I'm, I'm curious to hear what Jake says is the most important, but don't tell me yet, because so, obviously I'm going to pick comeliness as mine number <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> so let's, do, let's just define dexterity. So David touched on it earlier. Where it is still a physical attribute, but this is much more about speed, quickness, reflexes, finesse. Um, If you're attacking someone using dexterity into the strength, you're not going for the crushing blow overhead, right? You're you're going for the get behind the armor and stab them with a dagger or a rapier behind their back sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a different... It's it's still physicality, um, but in a different way. Um, And so... Dexterity governs a lot more stats, um, which kind of feeds it to it. So it, what does it govern? It governs sleight of hand. Oh, I'll go down the acrobatics. list here. Acrobatics. Yeah, uh, let's hear it. We got
0: acrobatics. Um, let me go down the list. Oh, it's actually surprisingly small. So that's just only acrobatics, sleight
1: of hand, and stealth. And stealth, yeah. But like those um, are, especially stealth, is, is very important. Yes. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I will let David touch on is dexterity's ef- uh, effect on armor class.
2: So, dexterity allows you to have a inherently higher armor class than if you were to wear plate or <laughs> things like that. So it it affects your not only your ability to have strong defenses unlike strength, but it also affects your ability to do damage in combat and it affects your ability to do things in social encounters as well. So it's kind of that triple threat where it 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 helps you survive more and it helps you do more damage and then it helps you manipulate social situations through stealth, through sleight of hand, through uh, Yeah, it it affects like a lot that. of the pillars. So it uh, affects every single pillar unlike mm-hmm. any other real skill that is out there. I think the the next contender that you could argue is maybe charisma, mm. where it has a very powerful effect in social situations, but I would argue that dexterity is more generally useful and when you can make you, you can make use of it in pretty much any situation. You also have acrobatics, which is kind of a get out of jail free card for athletics, so you can do things that <laughs> yeah. athletic well, people can, can also do. You could use it to
1: get out of a grapple, yeah. Yeah. Which is very important. Which is
2: very... Yeah. So, you kind of just, like, squirm around, use your double-jointedness to, like, slide right out and be on your way. Mm -hmm. So, it is just one of... It's probably the... it's It's, in my opinion, the most powerful skill to make use of. Because there's so many options with it. And as a thief, you can just... Oh Oof.
0: well, it's ranged attacks, and then if you have a versatile mm-hmm. weapon, it's also melee attacks. But then it's yes. also defense, social, stealth. Like this one stat is is it the whole game,
2: yeah. Yeah, so yeah. If if we were to split up some stats, I would definitely want to split up dexterity because it is just
1: powerhouse. Okay, it's so, so powerful. We, I, let's get into that then. I, so this is one thing that really I did not like when I first played Five E is how powerful Dex was not for everything else but for the one thing armor class. I always okay. imagine armor class I think because of its name. <laughs> it really isn't armor class. It's defense. um it's yeah, it's defense, it's avoidability. Mm-hmm. It's like how good you are at not being hit. Because every time I hear armor class and like okay, something doesn't hit. I imagine that thing hitting them and it hits like a huge pauldron on a plate mail set and it just doesn't do damage. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it is. If something doesn't hit you, it's not like denting your pauldron, it's not like hitting you in the plate mail. It can oftentimes and most of the time is you just dodging out of the way. Um so I think that that's what confused me when I first started playing 5e was that dexterity affected armor. And that just feels like the opposite, right? Like heavy armor would be less dexterous. Like high armor does not equal good dodging. But then I realized armor class is not literally about your armor. It's about the ability to to be hit. yeah, Yeah. To not be hit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that's one thing that I would, if I were to make the stat less S tier, like best, um, I'd probably allow armor class to be affected by strength or constitution, maybe in certain martial classes. Um, to make it so that dexterity is not so it's just so good for everyone i would uh, but i feel like it's balanced it's pretty it's not too bad i like, it's think it's, i think it's super powerful for what it does
2: for compared to what other stats do when we'll get we'll get into them so if i if, if we're talking about hypotheticals and how i would split it up i would rename strength to athleticism hmm. and encompass some of the dexterity and uh kind of combine that and then Re- and then change dexterity to cunning mm. and then cunning would have all of those uh, that's stealth used in a
1: lot of rpgs yeah
2: and it would it would use all the stealth sleight of hand all of those the roguish type skills where you can mm-hmm. still get some sort of like backstabbiness mm-hmm. from your cunning and then you have your athleticism which is more of athleticism is more of a broad term because it can be used in a brute like strength athleticism or a more um dodge ability
1: i think I think you just move the problem to athleticism if you do that. Um, then athleticism becomes okay. no because then, every class needs athleticism because
2: uh, yes, and then you then you have to make sacrifices because if you choose not to take strength, then you kind of suffer overall, but you it, so I think it kind of splits it up because strength really isn't needed by if you if you're not a melee weapon fighter you don't need strength and you don't and, you, and so, it becomes a dump stat. So you're right, that you're means right. so, so that kind of makes it to where you kind of also want to have athleticism even though it's not going to give you any bonuses to like stealth or anything
1: along those lines. So let let's lean into that like dump stat thing. We didn't do this for strength. So let's do it for strength and dex. What does it look like if the character has a dump stat in we'll start with strength. Like an 8? Yeah, no, like maybe even low. What would be your worst yeah, stat if you had like, a high strength
2: character is what you're No, 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 asking? no, no, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. What oh, what, we,
1: you, what What's just a low strength character? Like how do you role play a character that has sixth strength?
0: Uh, it would probably be like a, a little kid or a person who Ooh, is disabled in some way. Like they just, yeah. like physical stuff is not going to be for them, but then they're going to be beefy in like intelligence or something. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting role playing problem to solve, I think. They overcome yeah.
2: problems without
1: using strength.
2: Mm-hmm. Basically. Well,
1: yeah, I think it's it's often I don't know because because oftentimes when you have a barbarian, um, I think we talked about this before. Like I think Grog from Critical Role, like they finished and he had like uh what is it like an eleven <laughs> intelligence or a wow. ten intelligence, and it's like. He's talking like, oh, my name Grog," And, like, it's like this dude's averagely <laughs> – He's actually <laughs> He's... above average because he has an 11 because – Yeah, no, I, I, it might not be that. Don't quote me on that. I know critters will come crawling in here. <laughs> um, but, like, it's – that's the thing. It's easy to roleplay a low intelligence character or a low charisma character. It's – it's more difficult to roleplay, like, a low-strength character. You know, like, it's like, okay, pass me that book. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, it's it's harder. So, um, same thing for Dex. What does that look like? A low-dex character, which I think David and me both said we are low-dex characters in real life. <laughs> so, the Player's Handbook describes
0: dexterity as physical agility, reflexes, balance, and poise.
2: I think it's just someone who bumbles around. Yeah, just a clumsy so person. So, it's... You have a you're kind of someone who bumbles around so you're not the most careful person you kind of kind of barge into situations without having any sort of poise or i want to say tact but in it's tact not in a social sense but in a like physical physical sense like you kind of bump into things occasionally is what i would imagine you're not you're not going to be someone who's good at dancing Yeah. Anything it, that it, requires physical coordination you're not. It, it
1: reminds yeah. me it, in the the final part of that definition is poise, which is like, oh, we didn't even mention how OP it is with uh initiative as well. Oh yeah. Oh, my god. It adds to that too. Yeah, this stat is is really good. But um I think for me I the low decks that that's who I am. Like I one time when we were uh on vacation, I reached over an aisle in a gas station. But um, I'm a pretty tall guy. And so I reached over and like the entire like below my my arm just like grazed the side of this uh, shelf in the gas station, and it just fell over, <laughs> and it just went, and chips are flying everywhere, and I just felt like the biggest idiot. And one of my friends uh, said, "Nice one, broadsides," <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my nickname for uh, for a few months, but. um yeah, it's, like, this kind of, not bumbling, like, that's, like, super low, but, like, just kind of, like, not uh, perceptive of where your body is. <laughs> I would think so, Jon Snow is not
0: a very agile guy, right? right? Yeah. He just, he's just a, a solid pillar of a man who just yeah. just hits stuff.
1: Well, similar to Hodor.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I have, a I play Spikeball, and I have a friend who is my partner when we play games and such and i'm right here david (laughs) yeah he is someone who is extremely agile like he can dip dodge dive and duck like he will (laughs) consistently just like lay out and he'll immediately get back up and just he has very solid and amazing control over his body and what he's able to do whereas i'm kind of the opposite where if i like it's super hard for me to change momentum it's hard to like move back and forth very quickly but when i can hit things it's i can hit them a lot harder because i have just more mass i guess mm-hmm. yeah so i guess that would be for me the most notable difference
1: yeah it, like yeah just the ability to control the reflexes and quickness yeah. of your body. body mastery and all that and so I, I really like um like high decks characters like a ranger or a rogue. Um just being able to I'm just imagining them like flipping a dagger between their fingers, um, you know, like throwing a dart and just hitting uh splitting another dart. <laughs> like like just cause that's, that's not of, something you're able to do in real life. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I am <laughs> yeah. yeah, close to bumbling. I'm I'm on <laughs> the verge of bumbling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm the but, same. Um, <laughs> but yeah I, I um I think dexterity is uh it's it's easier to roleplay a high dex character. It's just this really capable ranged finesse mm-hmm. g- quick on their feet acrobatic type type character
0: I have a question
1: so mm-hmm. we've
0: we've talked a lot about dexterity and maybe what we need to do to change it, but we've all played a lot of five e over the last few years. Do we feel like dexterity is broken?
1: I don't think so. I think it's on the verge. Like it's it's OP, it's strong. I feel like it's very powerful and it's
2: a, but I don't it's S tier. It's, it's the S tier yeah. stat. It's it's the stat where you have your main stat and then you put everything the second highest is going to be dexterity 90% of the time. Yeah. But, right. I
1: but, mean th- no, this is this is where I trust uh the maker, the creators of 5e cuz it's like I'm t- trying to think of of different alternative systems. And we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about that later, but I just it's very strong and it's kind of everyone's substat for its initiative and uh acrobatics and for its armor class, but I I don't think it's OP. Hmm. I, I think it's I don't think it's broken. I think it's um it's very strong, but no, I don't think it breaks the game and it's like yeah. I th- I think it's solid, but very strong. I think it's too powerful,
2: you? but hmm. agree to disagree.
0: Uh, next up, we have Constitution, which is a measure of health, stamina, and vital force.
1: This one, I think is the most misunderstood
2: stat. Mm-hmm. I think... Th- so the thing is, this this stat is powerful, but it's also very boring. <laughs> like me. So <laughs> the fact that it can continuously increase your health as you level it up is just very powerful because health is a... A big tool to make use of in fifth edition. You might say it's a big, vital tool. resource. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is a vital resource. So essentially, your character has the same power level as no matter what health level you're at. So the more health you have, just the more tools you have at your disposal. Because right, if you survive alive.
0: an extra round of combat, mm-hmm. that like that's so much more valuable than. Yes, I see what you're saying, so, but it's also more. Um, it scales up as your character progresses. If you have mm-hmm. a high constitution, you just have more health. And so it's almost like um, – like I don't know if you would say it's exponential because it's not. But the value is better in a long-form campaign. Yes. If you level up yeah. to a
2: higher level. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely a very powerful stat. But in terms of skills, it has what – I don't know if there are any skills that use constitution. I can't think of one. Um, no i don't there aren't that, there aren't. that's, that's the thing that, yes
1: mm, yeah
2: and so to make use of a high constitution character is kind of difficult because it's more of a passive skill than anything it's it's how you react to thing or how things in the world affect you are there yeah.
0: spells that target the constitution yes so there are a lot
2: of there the big thing that you will make is a lot of poisons. constitution saving throws. Mm-hmm. So it's poison, alcohol, anything along those lines is going to affect your constitution.
1: Okay. See, that that's how we mostly do our constitution rolls or late, late nights at the uh, tavern. <laughs> I was going to say. Like... But as far as
2: like an active skill that you can make use of, I think that... I would have loved to see more creative uses with Constitution. Like, maybe you could have combined Constitution with comeliness
1: because that's kind of more about <laughs> yeah, your physical, so you're physical not nature. It, you're, <laughs> so, no, I, I think Constitution, um, you, like you said, it's boring. It's It has uh, a, the health is so important, but so not flashy. It doesn't govern any uh, stats, but. Yeah, I think Constitution has a surprising overlap with, believe it or not, wisdom. And I have used Constitution uh, as almost a – sometimes a replacement for wisdom-saving throws for, like, willpower. Hmm. Because willpower, I think, it it has a lot more to do with your body than it does with your mind. Like, you're able to resist things – um and certain saving throws are obviously like kind of completely mental or psychic, um. But I think Constitution has a lot of I don't know. I like kind of including willpower into Constitution because mm-hmm. there there is a bit of that there. It's like your your physical willpower. I don't know. Yeah, it
0: makes more sense than Wisdom, which is just sort of your you know uh, ability to make a decision in the moment or ho- however they define it.
1: Yeah, I, I've always – and we'll get to it. I've always thought of wisdom as more like willpower hmm. or like – yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that. So let's um, – so what does a character with like <laughs> super high con look like? Because I always think of like super high constitution, like a there's a big, thick, strong. But really, they're they could just be a normal person with an impeccable immune system and can drink anyone under the table. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. very healthy. Yeah, they are very healthy,
0: and and not necessarily strong. Like we're not talking about Gaston, uh, but they're. I don't know. They got a good color, um, you know, healthy, robust. They're the vital.
2: modern human that's going to live to 150. Like that's yeah. the, that's a person with 20 constitution right there.
1: <laughs>
2: All while drinking yeah. booze
1: and eating fast food. Just kind of immune to the the ills that plague yeah uh, hmm. most people. So maybe this youthful, youthful maybe. This gives
0: this. me an idea for because if we're thinking about your health um it just has health stamina and vital force this could be your mental health like charisma yeah. doesn't govern that wisdom doesn't govern that this is sort of like your your attitude it could be
1: yeah no i, I like reading it that way oh it's no like, so someone
2: um, who has a really low constitution is just mentally ill my, all the time yeah, they're sick depressed there's like, people
1: who have no physical yeah. issues
0: but they're just like constantly in a negative mood and that actually gives them physical issues that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think
1: if, that overlaps a bit with wisdom, but I I really like that because uh, I think that
0: constitution affects morale. I could be wrong on that, like your willingness to fight. Because if you're talking about if health is a measure of morale and willingness to fight and your physical being,
1: oh, I mean, which is it, canon I mean, in the rules. Yeah, uh, then... we can get into mm. this even more like science wise. Um, <laughs> your gut bacteria. Oh, here we go. Affects so much of your mood. It's true. Um, because, it's kind of like, like stupid. It's so true. It, Dude, it's crazy because like I, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's like your gut bacteria has like kind of a neural pathway between it. Like it communicates with itself and it's actually smarter than like um, – I can't remember. I think it's like right below a rodent. So it has – like Levels so you of intelligence. Ha- yeah. So That's if your gut weird. is messed up, like your, your mental health can be totally wrecked. Mm-hmm. Like for me – this is getting a little deep, but like when I'm nauseous – I experience like existential dread. Oh my gosh! Like, I, like it affects my like mental, spiritual well-being because I'm sick. <laughs> um, which is yeah, and and I've heard like a ton of other people say the same thing. Like, um, you can be depressed just because you have like an unhealthy colony of bacteria in your gut. That's and crazy. if you take probiotics, like you're you're cured. Hmm. Which is, yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting to see how much that your physical uh, processes, like gut processes, affect your mental well being. Yeah, so kind it, of an aside, but
2: another another fun thing about that is the the neurons that you have in your stomach. So the way that your gut bacteria interacts with your brain, you have you have neurons in your stomach. You have the about the same number of neurons in your stomach as a cat does in its brain
1: what okay that's what yeah i i thought it was a little less than that but
2: yes so the gut bacteria will send out signals through your neurons (laughs) which will interact into your brain so when you have a gut feeling it's like literally your body is processing things in your gut yeah it's through its own physical yeah yeah well that's
0: interesting welcome to vitamin arcana the (laughs)
1: podcast about gut health If you want to buy our essential oils. Oh, yeah. We got supplements uh, through our Patreon. Uh, Do you want to boost
0: your constitution?
1: Make a saving throw on your wallet. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, next up, uh, we're getting into the mental attributes. Um, So this first one is intelligence, which I mistakenly call intellect all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Probably because of World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Um, Gosh, I never noticed that. But yeah, yeah, intelligence. So what, what is intelligence?
0: All right. Well, officially, it is the measure of your mental acuity, information recall, and analytical skill. Nice. I, I don't know any of those words.
2: <laughs> I like to think of it as your ability to logically and rationally process information. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you're, you're given a textbook problem, and it's how do you go about solving it, and how can you make sense of it? And how quickly can you solve it?
1: Yeah. And this governs a ton of stats because it's not just like your mental problem-solving capabilities. It's also your total just what you know, Mm -hmm. like how – what are you not ignorant of? Um, And so that's why it governs stuff like religion and history um, and stuff like that. Um, That's super strange because what it really is is
0: um, a measure of your IQ but also your life experiences, which means that the higher intellect you have, it's almost like the longer you've lived. Because if you're a wizard and you're only like 20, but you have like a plus three intellect, um, then you learn fast. But also you somehow have just had like twice the experiences of of an elf with 10 intellect.
2: Yeah. Bizarre. yeah it is well really it's also your ability to recall information so if an elf is not actively trying to learn mm. information and it's more about just experiencing the world they're not necessarily going to be focused on recalling every single poem they've heard or every true, single
1: true true because yeah. they're like oh I've, I've, I've
0: seen this painting before but i yeah. i don't yeah remember.
1: it Whereas, reminds me of the alert feet where it's like you always know what time it is and like <laughs> or what is that the right feet where it's like you always know what time it is. You always know which direction is north. And like I don't you... think that's alert.
2: I think that, – but that is,
1: uh, that is a feat where it's – Yeah, like you can perfectly recall anything in the past 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, it, a, that's... what a game-breaking feat that is. No, it, it's really good. And I think almost – I'd like to talk about the metagaming aspect of intelligence because mm. a lot of times um, I will use intelligence, sometimes wisdom as well, to like give hints. Like if they're trying to think of how do I solve this puzzle? Or how, what? What's the best strategy to use? Or what's this thing's weakness? A lot of times, I'll say do an intelligence saving throw. Hmm. First off, because I think intelligence saving throws are like non-existent. <laughs> like no one does a saving throw for intelligence. Like I feel I don't do even is that even a spell saving throw for anything? Yeah, there's always a wisdom or charisma. I think it's I think it's versus illusion spells. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But it it in general, it's just a rare saving throw. So I like using it for like if they roll super high, like, okay, hey, here's maybe it maybe it's a little bit of metagaming, but like here's a possible strategy. Or oh, you see this is its weakness. Or um you could see, oh, this monster is nursing this injury. Um uh or maybe here's a hint for this puzzle. Um I, I like using it almost a little bit as metagaming, like if people are stuck. Mm. Um, because I don't think it's utilized and it can just kind of speed up the process on stuff if they're just bewildered by something.
0: Hmm. It sounds like you use it a little bit like crossing into wisdom with awareness of stuff like
1: observation. Maybe. uh, Yeah. Because I think there is a lot, there's probably the most overlap, but between skills, between uh, intelligence and wisdom. Yeah. In my opinion. I think you might be right. Because you said like, oh, it's like life experience too, but it's like that feels like wisdom. Uh huh. And so it's, like, there's a lot of overlap between just, like, general knowledge and, like, specific knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it, like, book smarts versus street smarts. Um, But, yeah, I think there's quite a bit of overlap. The thing is, though, like, intelligence
2: is just a worse version of wisdom for every class except for wizard.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. It's not, yeah, it's not. So uh, for wizards, mm -hmm.
2: it's S tier because it's used in your casting. But Mm -hmm. for every other class, it's really not useful at all. Because everything that wisdom can do, it can do pretty much better. And perception is such a Wouldn't valuable skill
1: that this is the most common dump stat
2: intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I'm uh-huh. sure you yeah, just don't need like, it. And if you cool. have a wizard in the group or any intelligent, uh, caster, uh, that is a wizard, um, they kind they're of be discovered. Yeah, they're going to do, do all You can skills. get away with a party without any intelligent yeah. characters. Yeah, cuz you're going to be using wisdom and every
2: other stat a lot more. It's like, "Oh, can I recall this yeah. historical fact that I'm not going to need?" See, <laughs> yeah. and I am I'm,
1: yeah. I'm guilty of allowing that too cuz like I want to convey information to my my players. So, I'll oftentimes like introduced a ghost NPC or like a robot companion that just is like really good at intelligence checks just to like provide that information if to they, be a band-aid solution for your party. Yeah, just so they but it's not a band-aid it's just like giving information so they don't blindly uh defiling uh haunted dwarven ruins <laughs> you know as they are wont to do yeah as, as they are want to do um it yeah it's it's hard to punish unintelligent players does that make sense mm. yeah unless or, you like, throw a bunch of intellect of hours at them un, un, yeah it's it's hard to punish unintelligent characters Because this is almost another skill where it's metagaming, Um, where it's like, how do you role play a a super genius when you're not one? Oh, and
0: we've talked about that before. Like, yeah, it's easy to imagine being stronger than you are, but you can't really imagine being smarter than you are. Not really. You're like, oh, it'd just be like me. But now I'm like more rude and condescending.
1: Yeah. And even if you are like, well, yeah, Tony Stark. But like (laughs) you're. You're kind of just – it's almost like increases your metagaminess. And it's not even metagaming, but like if you're a genius, you don't feel like a genius, but the dungeon master just gets to whisper in your ear more and just says, Hmm. this is the history, this is how this works, this is the – mechanics of this you know it'd be interesting if you had
0: um a house rule for intellect where the higher their intellect the more of their real life knowledge they're allowed to bring into the game Oh yeah yeah so like a person's an engineer in real life and you're like okay um you have like a 15 intellect you you know everything about engineering you that you make really know trebuchet yeah like well, why yeah. the heck not make it yeah. with magic in an See, afternoon
1: that, it's hard to like Draw a line. I really like that concept, but it's hard for them to not be like, "I build a ray gun." It's like, oh, oh. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, where are you going to get the plutonium? Let's be real.
1: <laughs> oh man, you could
0: transmute it with. Uh, <laughs> oh, speed. yeah.
2: Oh, this is a
0: different game we're playing now. Oh, the game okay, is you tra- can turn
2: stuff into metal, so it's like it's, okay. it doesn't define. It. Which then then, then you
0: have to answer like physics questions inside D&D spells and it just breaks <sighs> down so fast. and then you
2: start you can you can probably use some sort of spells to make a centrifuge to filter out oh. the oh there you go so that's okay. like okay can you imagine
0: okay imagine just a world where a wizard is as smart as like just a modern you know a master's degree engineer so, and oh, the no. stuff
2: they're doing I'm imagining a modern just, like, nuclear physicist gets teleported into a fantasy oh. world and becomes a wizard.
1: Dude, there's a novel series I've read about that. It's incredible. It's um about a modern uh, human uh, – no, an island of modern humans, Nantucket Island, uh, traveling back to the Bronze Age. It's called Island in the Sea of Time. I want to read and that. It's so crazy because it's like you think you know, like, how to restart civilization, but, like – you don't because you know a lot of like common knowledge, but it's like, do you know how metallurgy works? Mm. Like, do you know how know to, metals. to yeah, mine iron? Do you know where iron deposits are? I mean. And it's like, it's like, it's really interesting because it's like all the information we take for granted is like, we're, we're missing the steps of of how to build up to civilization. And so, yeah, it's mm. incredibly interesting because certain characters will just run off into the wilderness because they're like, I can be a king anywhere else. Oh. Yeah, it's delightful. It's like it has so much uh, brainer fuel. <laughs> and that's, it's, what's it called again? Uh, Island in the Sea of Time. Oh, I'm getting it. It's, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, all right, so let's, all right. let's look at a
0: very low and a very high intelligence person. I think this um, one is the most easy to imagine. Yeah I, think like, this is,
1: yeah. yeah. I think this is the one that's so easy to roleplay, right? Like, obviously, like, I, oftentimes you'll have characters that have, like, a 9 or even a 10 intelligence who are like, oh, I don't know, I'm dumb. It's like, dude, you, you're not dumb. Like, um, I think this is the one that, yeah, people are most likely to roleplay. I don't think this is a hard one to play out.
2: No. I think people over, over role play dumb characters. <laughs> yeah. For
1: sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Aside from the problem of just not knowing how to roleplay a person that's smarter than yourself, um, mm-hmm. it is it is a, a fun thing to roleplay when you're like, oh, I'm the smartest person in the room as a wizard, but I'm also the most fragile physically. You just
2: become yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes from... See, I love that. Absolutely. Like, I love
1: you doing having a, just not having Int as a dumb stat because you can kind of feel, even if you're a martial character, you kind of feel like... That Sherlock Holmes, the new ones, where he's just like time slows down. He's kind of doing the math of where mm-hmm. to hit and stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's, there's some fun stuff to be had. All right, let's get into wisdom, which is close to intelligence, but different. More street smarts than book smarts, mm-hmm. some would say. What's the, what's the definition?
0: Um, okay, wisdom measures awareness, intuition, and insight. So the, the way they define this, it has almost nothing to do with life experience but more
2: about your physical
0: awareness. In, is, so I would say life,
2: life experience is intuition because it's knowing how to read people. Because I, uh, insight, yes. we all know, is a uh, truth-telling skill. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's oh that's God. interesting. Because, like, yeah, wisdom, I associate it with, like, an old guy. Yeah, he's got a high wisdom stat. He's old. But, it yeah, it's more almost... Willpower mixed with perception?
0: Yeah, something like that. Because uh, aren't monks very wise? Yeah, yeah. And so are but, clerics. And so are druids. Yeah, this is such a blurry line between intellect. I'm sorry, intelligence and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, yeah.
1: where do you draw the line? Absolutely. Um, I think I I equate it most with, cause yeah, the main three things like when I think of wisdom, I think of um, ability to resist mind flayers. <laughs> Like the ability to resist, like like psychic damage and those type of spells. Um, perception, like they have super high passive perception. Like wisdom just affects perception. Um, and then uh, the last one is insight. Like it's hard to lie to these type of characters. Like you got to be careful being a charlatan NPC around these types of characters. Yeah,
2: because yeah. they'll pick up on things. That's the yeah. that's the thing. Is they because they're observant, and I think.
1: A, that's, that's
2: kind of my thing when I think of Wisdom as observant characters. They, yeah. they, they see
1: details stand out to them more readily than other characters. And it's delightful when a character says, I roll Insight, um, even against other players. Like, it's just, yeah, it's mm-hmm. super fun. A uh, high Insight score. I think, in my opinion, Insight is one of the most underrated uh, abilities. You mean Wisdom? And insight, no, the skill. Insight adds oh, a skill. Oh. A skill. Um, because it's, I guess maybe because I play a really social game, having a high insight check is, is nice. Do you like let them use it as a lie detector? Uh, a lot of times. Hmm. Um, a lot of times I'll just like have them roll against my charisma of the NPC, which normally all my NPCs have pretty high charisma. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh an underrated, I've encouraged a lot of players cause they see that and especially new players like what, when would I use insight? What's, what's, what? what, what? Um, but yeah, I like, I like that wisdom governs that.
0: So the way I use insight is, um, I, I specifically tell people it's not a magical light detector and they're like, I want to see if he's lying. I'm like, uh, okay. You rolled high. Yes. He's obviously lying. Uh, it's more of, I give them some piece of information about the way the person's behaving. Like you notice yeah. that they're fidgeting a lot or they're tapping their foot a lot. Just something that's, that the player can now act on. Uh, and it's not just an automatic thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: High and low with them.
1: Yeah, what do you what do you guys think like a super high wisdom character is like? I just think old.
0: Yeah, I think that a low wisdom person is very young. Um, they're just or they just have no naive. awareness. Yeah, or, or very yeah. naive too. Yeah, like you could have because um, people think of elves as being very wise because they just lived a long time, but also just a yeah. person. Like imagine the cleric who's like, "Hold on, son, we don't trust this guy."
1: I've seen this mercenary band before.
2: I now want to just go against the trope and play a very unwise old man. Oh, he's like Mr. Magoo, <laughs>
1: or Mr. Bean. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is now a very old man, just kind of bumbling oh, around. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, all right.
0: The second to last one is charisma. Uh, I think this is the last one. No, no, beautiful. no. Comeliness is next. <laughs>
1: All right, well, yeah, the second-to-last one, charisma. <laughs> um, go ahead, what's the definition? that All right, all
0: right. Is? So, uh, Player's Handbook says charisma is a measure of confidence, eloquence, and
2: leadership.
1: Ah, I am glad it includes leadership in there. That's, mm. that's interesting.
2: This is the super seducer skill. No. Where your no. ability to seduce, negotiate, and manipulate your way to getting what you want in 5e. I mean this I, is, yes you're right but okay
0: Jake go
1: No like I I think charisma is in my games the most powerful stat for sure Be- even better than dex um I think it's S tier in 5e in general I think it's so good um because it governs so many social stats um what is it deception persuasion uh like yeah, it's so dang good in social situations. Um, but also, it's the spellcasting modifier for so many classes. In my opinion, too many classes. <laughs> Sorcerer, Warlock, Paladin, Bard. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It seems a little crazy. I get Bard, right? Um, but like, I don't know. Sorcerer seems like it should be... Wisdom. Wisdom or even Constitution—that'd be crazy for like a spellcaster to use a physical modifier. Um, but mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, yeah, and even uh, what are the other ones? Um, a paladin? I feel like they're more wise than like charismatic. I don't know. Warlock too? Like just because they made a deal with the devil doesn't mean they're charismatic. Like it's mm. it's crazy how many uh, how many spellcasters this is the the spellcasting modifier for. I it's, would have.
2: I would have loved to see more skills um, be less tied to charisma for social ability. So if we had, instead of having um, deception as a charisma skill, it would be more wisdom. Or if there was a cunning stat, I would have liked to see that. Mm. Like performance could be more of a dexterity-based skill.
1: You uh, could almost yeah. have... Um, I use slide of hand quite a bit for that sort of thing.
2: Uh, I would like to see... I, intimidation be more strength. Based. See, no, that
1: that's a house rule. So. I don't. I think that might even be rules as written, it, which I really love. Is that you can use strength as your modifier for uh, uh, intimidation.
0: Well, you can use any ability score um, with a skill. As the GM rules. And, and I think Mike Merle says that. And I think it's written in
1: Xanathar's, actually. Wait, really? You can use, like, I want to do a persuasion check with dexterity? Sure. Yeah. Like, think of if, if, I, if I wanted to do stealth. But you would with... have to
0: justify how you're exactly, doing. Exactly, exactly. That this...
1: seems asinine.
0: No, because think about it. Like, if I'm going to be, um, I don't know, uh, stealthing somewhere, but I'm at a party and I'm dressed in a costume. Like I'm going to use probably my either intelligence or charisma to get across the dance floor and not dexterity because you don't need to hide really. You're just you – know, it's a different role. And, See, and I'd, yeah,
1: I'd say, I'd say that's a persuasion check or like just like a charisma saving throw as opposed to stealth. I don't know. I've it's I've never heard of this. That's it's crazy. Allowed. So you would, if you want to say like I want to do a sleight of hand check with my constitution – you oh.
2: Yeah, but how would you justify that? How would you justify using your constitution to... I
1: guess. I don't know why I'm arguing for the gamey aspect of it, because I'd, <laughs> I'd probably allow that if they could justify it. So I'm probably in the same boat as you. I guess it's just blown my mind. I've never heard that before.
0: Yeah, it's pretty uh, revolutionary.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very... Rewarding.
0: And then I have a uh, version later in the show we'll talk about, um, another skill modification that... Uh... I think it's it's sort of in the family of this idea.
2: Well, later on, I want to talk about Dungeon
1: World because they do some really interesting. Well, Later on, skills. I want to talk about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about. It, it's pretty obvious, like how, like what a super high charisma character is like. Just like charming and delightful and fun to be around, and every joke lands. Uh, they're better than you in real life, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. but like, <laughs> but what? How do you role play a low charismatic character? because there's a lot of ways to do it how would you go about it
2: mm. so someone who is low in charisma either has a public speaking problem like they just can't they're very introverted they don't mm-hmm. they're they don't really get along with other people in one way or another whether it's they're shy or they have no self-awareness when dealing with other people they can kind of be more brutish or be more of a jerk because they they don't See the elegance of trying Mm. to finesse people when talking to them. Yeah. No. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So my two cents is um, this is is the same kind of thing we saw with um, strength and intellect. Just because you're average doesn't mean that you're terrible at it. And I think there's a tendency to overplay low charisma as being like this very rude or very um, socially clumsy person. Um, But you don't have to be because there's plenty of people who just have like average to low charisma and i think if you're role-playing it in the game it's going to look like people aren't going to talk to you if they're left alone with you like you're yeah. having a conversation with npc and they just they find a way to exit the conversation yeah um, and people won't rally around you and people
1: don't really want to join you on anything yeah it's interesting because this used to be the dump stat like the cliche dump stat in the earlier editions mm-hmm. and now it, has it was in this, a social game yeah because yeah. now it now it has that pillar of of social that's much more important. So the stat, especially now that it yeah. is the spellcasting modifier for so yeah. many classes, it's just become this very you know, strong uh, skill to have. But I think a low charismatic, I, I think of like the hound from Game of Thrones. No elders built by killers. So you better get used to looking at them. Oh yeah. Like scarred face. Doesn't want to talk to you. Um, just brutish and short and, you know, doesn't ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think there's the obvious way to play it is just shy, just like I won't talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go the more kind of crude route where you're socially clumsy and you don't care if you who you piss off and you mm-hmm. don't care about social hierarchies. Um, or you can go the route of like kind of Quasimodo, like you <laughs> you maybe look deformed or um you maybe you're just a race that's not seen. Uh, around oh, yeah. like you're uh, a, a turtle, or you're in, a like an all-human where you're nobody likes to interact yeah where you're inherently de- perceived as just as deceptive um yeah there, there's there's a lot of ways to play it and i think um the dial of charisma is for me is a, a purveyor of social role-playing games it's like one of the, the funnest dials to turn
0: well okay so here's my question what do you do when a player character has very low charisma but the player has very high charisma in real
1: life how do you balance that? See, I, I for me, playing characters that are, like, like low charisma, I like being either, like, a crazy type of race um, where, uh, you know, it, it's kind of perceived as, as crazy. Like, your charisma is lowered by comparison. Um, or just being, like, the super gruff, you know, like, playing like the hound. Hmm. Um, I think playing as a character that just, like, um, has no need of other people. I think it's a good way... I think charisma, really, I'm getting kind of philosophical about it. Charisma is, like, how much you care about the tribe hierarchy hmm. and how well you can kind of play the game of, like, the chess match that is every social encounter. And a lot of people just don't give a crap about the game. Like, they don't care if if anyone likes them. Um, and not in the good way of, like, I don't care, I'm just going to be myself, in the bad way of, like, I want, I do not care. I will kill anyone that crosses my path and I am just I, I just... I just do not care about the social aspect of anything. And that's... It's harder with... with Especially games like mine, where it's like, social aspects are a big part of it. Um, But there is some great role-playing aspect for, like, low-charisma characters, I think. Hmm. How do you guys generate uh, your skills? Uh, for me, I roll. And I've never not rolled. <laughs> David
0: just, like, just ripped his shirt off.
1: and it. just roll, gagged Rippy. inside <laughs> and outside. Okay, actually, I got I to gotta correct this. And then recently I have said, I will give you the option of taking the standard array or you can roll, but you can't roll, get bad stats and be like, oh no, I'll take the standard array. Like hmm. you have to choose to roll or not, but most people choose rolling hmm. and it's been, it's been good. Have, what,
0: what's the best and worst things that happen as a result of that?
1: What do you mean best? Like, Like, has anything bad happened? I think the worst thing that's happened is I had a player that just rolled not even bad. They rolled normal, like average, like close to standard array. But everyone else rolled insanely good. So, everyone was ecstatic except this one guy who's like, okay, I have an average character where several of my buddies have like an 18, a 17, and two 16s. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) and so... um, yeah, and that was like, you could see the kind of, their bums, but it's like, I don't know. It's it's that weird kind of, and that's probably the worst thing that happened. Other than that, everyone else has been satisfied um, with their roles. I don't know.
2: For, for me, from a game, gamey game perspective, when doing a long form campaign, when you have things that are crucial to the character's potential and ability and what they could do and to leave that up to chance is just gross, <laughs> just gross. it's just it's gross <laughs> i strongly disagree with doing it other systems do it just fine where you have random rolling because the stats don't really play that big of a role but in 5e when the stats play a huge role having characters that have 18s and everything versus characters who have eights and everything feels bad and it's not good so i think point buy or standard array all the way 100% that's all I so, will ever have in my games
1: oh my gosh well, have we defined point buy i have never used point buy i don't know how many points are available have you guys used it
2: yeah point buy is the same thing as so it's kind of the same thing as standard array it's just you can choose to you you buy up to a certain point of stats so and i so buying an eleven would cost three points. Buying a fifteen would cost like nine points, so, and you have a certain amount of points that you can spend to start with. So it's kind of like the Fallout system oh, where, yeah, you, yeah. where you where you allocate points, so you can you kind of have a little bit more control than a standard array. And standard array just makes it easier.
0: It says yeah. uh, this is in the player's handbook in chapter one under a section called "Variant Customizing Ability Scores." It says this method. Uh, of determining ability scores enables you to create a set of three high numbers and three low ones a set of numbers that are above average and nearly equal or any set of numbers between those two extremes so it, it's balanced but you can make parts of your character just really specific. terrible yeah it's just more customizable and also takes a lot more time probably don't make your brand new players who've never played the game
2: do this on the first night because yeah. they're yeah. just not going to know so it's like you can you can start out with like two or three eights if you just want to really pump up your <laughs> other ability scores. Yeah, three Yeah, Dang. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it, it's interesting. I think there's something for everyone. And I think um, no matter who you are, you can... Um, I like being a dungeon master and just saying like you can choose whichever one. Like if you want to do point... Maybe not point by because of some of my min-maxer players. Um, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I like giving the option of, yeah, you can take standard array or you can roll you know the more options the better just so that people can make the character they want and not be terrified of chance like david little wuss <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i don't see a problem with doing um the rolling i just like it because it makes players feel like they're already playing the game just by rolling some dice
1: yeah i uh, like that too and exactly that's,
0: that's super fun um i think usually we just go with standard array though because it doesn't hurt anybody um I, I remember I had one campaign, uh, I don't think we ever even got off the ground, because we finished one and we went into the next one, and I wanted to have a randomized set of stats in terms of um, the spread, so that your character is determined by the stats and then you pick a class to go with those stats. Um, and David actually came up with a way of, of randomizing a standard array onto a character sheet that was really um, oh. really
2: easy, and that way you get that kind of character discovery. Yeah, you would randomly get the, the array assigned to a different, to whatever stats. So would, you would always... It still have the standard array so it's and, and balanced order. so instead of rolling for stats you just kind of roll for where those array
1: numbers go yeah it was super crazy
0: and then people were like well I could be like a, a good paladin or a good wh-. and i let them swap oh, swap two so stats
1: that's similar to I think Matt Colville does it and that uh, that might have been how it was written in the first edition was um uh you rolled and then it just went in order. Yeah, that was an old and game. And so you didn't get to like, okay, I have this, this, and this. And I can put it anywhere. It's like, no, you're rolling for strength now. Go. <laughs> now you're rolling for decks, And like, so you have to kind of deal with it and you get your stats and then you can start building your character. Exactly. And is- I wanted that feeling, which is totally possible in 5e, um, it,
0: but it means you won't get to play your optimal character, which might be a deal breaker for some people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, to finish off this podcast, I want to hear our hot takes. So maybe, maybe some alternatives or uh, different ways of using uh, ability scores um, that you guys... Let's, let's hear some wild ideas.
0: All right. My hot take, no skills.
1: Wait, so... No, no skills. No character sheet?
0: No, no, no. You have your core abilities, but you have no skills.
1: So you assign the points to the abilities and not... Or wait.
0: So I'm saying there's six there's six abilities
1: and you only use those. <gasps> oh! oh okay i like that i think that's for like if you're introducing your co-workers or your wife's friends or people who just have never played DD. i think they get scared by these skills and i think if you have six ability scores it makes it so easy to just well, just play that's kind of how dungeon world does things
2: mm-hmm. where you just say here's a problem how do you try to overcome it yeah and you say well i'm gonna try to use my dexterity to dodge out of the way of this fireball or I'm gonna use my constitution and try to power through this mm-hmm. fireball, or I'm gonna use my intelligence to predict where he's gonna cast it, so that I'm gonna to move to this location. I like that. Yeah. So I that's that's I'm actually a pretty big fan of that because I'm beginning in a dungeon world, and it's <laughs> it's pretty it's, it's fun because fun. it allows for more creative uses of
1: your abilities.
0: So I'll tell you why I like the no skills, and I think this is inspired partially by a blog by a guy named the Angry DM who, um, he just writes amazing content, uh, if you can get over his shtick sch- of always being angry. Um, but overall, it's very good. He says, a lot of people spend their time staring at their character sheet and figuring out how to use the skills. They're like, oh, uh, maybe I should like yeah. intimidate him, or I should like persuade him. Um, but if you say, like, if they go up into a situation, they say, "I um, what should I do? And you say, I don't know, Like you tell me. Then they start thinking away from the character sheet yes. and thinking in the real world and the fiction of the game. And then you try to f- to match what they want to do onto one of those ability
1: scores. I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's there can be this paralysis of looking down and being like, okay, okay, I have this option. Uh, I have this magic item. I have this. But it's so much better when you're like, you don't even have access to the sheet and you're just like, "Wait, I do uh I run or <laughs> oh crap, I I I I uh, tr- try to dodge out of the way." Like just your gut instinct, what would your character do in the moment? Um and then the dungeon master searches for a skill for you to use. Yes. I think that's that's really good. And when players are in the moment, yeah, they're not thinking about skills, they're just thinking about the moment. Role play. Um, my second one is a build off of that idea
0: that, once again, this is from the angry DM or, or is it GM? Uh, whatever. He's great. Write us in. Uh, he's great. Um, what you do is it's you still have skills, but you make the players always choose which of your ability scores to use on something. And then they try to justify applying a skill to that situation if they have some kind of bonus. So they're mm. like, I'm going to like slap the tray out of the waitress's hand and run away. You're like, okay, well, what would that really be? And they're like, uh, maybe it's like dexterity and I'm going to use, it's like a distraction. So maybe that's a sleight of hand. Maybe slide it's... Sleight of hand, charisma. Backs. And maybe it's just, I don't know. And so you justify that to your GM and then and they they make the call on what to roll. That way you yeah. still get to use everything, but you're once again trying to get players to forget about or at least not not live in that character sheet
1: world. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like engrossing them in the role playing, not the paperwork. Exactly. All right. So those are mine. Um, I, I, you guys know me. I, I've become very familiar with Five E, um, and I, I really, I think it's well tested. Uh, it is battle worn for me, <laughs> and it has it has done the trick. So I really, I have my complaints are very mild. Um, I just wanted to comment uh, some little changes like. Like I said, um, I think intelligence being a spellcasting modifier for only wizards is, well, and technically what, the spellcasting rogue and the spellcasting fighter. Um, it's just, it's so limited. And the opposite is true with charisma being the spellcasting modifier for so many classes. Um, I would, this is a theory that I have that, um, you have the six stats and the seventh one is just called arcana or just magic ability. Um, and that would be just your spellcasting modifier and it's sure. like this independent magical capability that you have um and so then i i it would probably be heavily used but like everyone just has the same kind of magical skill hmm. um because yeah it's just weird that like i don't know charisma governing spellcasting for a a sorcerer it's yeah, it's strange. Weird.
0: Would it the, the David maybe can answer this? Would the game break down if I took a warlock and I and I changed their spellcasting ability to be intellect or to be any other no. thing? No, I don't. I, I don't think no. it would. I've
1: done it. I've done it before. Um, I I don't think it would. And I like that the players are like, I want to build this, but the modifier is this. It's like like I'd totally be down to have a sorcerer that has a constitution spellcasting modifier. Would you right, allow like... a uh, a warlock to have a strength? Oh, casting, no, yes, yeah, okay. That's done. It's got to be mental. I'd let them have essentially intelligence, uh, wisdom, or charisma, but no, I yeah, or and maybe constitution if it was like some weird innate part of them. But yeah, no, I'm not gonna give them a dexterity or a imagine dexterity like as a casting modifier. That that's would just, be that would be some weird monks beyond stuff, broken. Maybe. No,
0: okay, so here's the strength warlock. With the strength spellcaster, the muscle he, lock, he has to. Um, uh, do you know? Um, it's called a, a litter, I think, is what it is. It's this big thing you carry on your shoulders that carries a like point. royalty. Well, it's like Kronk with the the litter. That's one oh, man, yeah. and he has to carry his patron on his back all the time. <laughs> and so he's yeah, he's super strong, that's, and he's just <laughs> yoked out. But and he casts by the patron is sitting up there and like casting spells on your behalf. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it's if you like have to, if, not... if you set him down, he can't cast.
1: <laughs> that's oh my gosh! This is plain chicken with everyone. Yep, that's
2: uh, interesting. Hot take: I think that we should abandon all ability scores. Oh my god! And skills. Okay, burn David. Burn it all to the ground. Burn it all Scorched to the ground. Earth, and it should all be determined by the roll of a d twenty. Wow. This sounds like Super Random.
1: Yeah, we're just playing Super Random at this point.
2: Maybe I just want to play some Super Random.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Available on Patreon right now. <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Voxercana episode 49. I'm William. I'm Jake. And I'm David. We'll see you next time. Follow us on social media for Twitter memes and deep thoughts. Follow us at Pod on Twitter. If you want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Podcast, and you can email your questions and feedback to VoxArcanaPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Gods,
2: I was strong then.